It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and... It's my privilege to be able to spend an hour with you today just talking about the kingdom of God and his glorious church. That's our theme, and it's been our theme from the very, very beginning. Way back in uh, 2002 when we began the talk show, we talked about the church and what God is uh, doing among his people, and it's glorious. And uh, I welcome you today. We're going to be taking some time to uh, deal with some things that are current. And when I say current, I'm talking about things that affect us, the church. And uh, we'll get into that in just a moment, but uh, just to remind you that we do have rules on the show. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And we always make sure that uh, we love and we honor everyone and of course uh, most important is that we glorify the lord of lords and the king of kings if you'd like to correspond with me you can call me area code 850-567-1703 and of course that's not uh, to be on the air i'm just talking about later if you just want to talk to me about the show or talk about what's going on in your life and your ministry which reminds me to tell you that uh we usually have guests on the show, and if you'd like to be a part of this broadcast, sharing what God is doing in your life and your ministry, call that number, area code 850-567-1703, and uh, we'll schedule a time. We generally re, uh, we pre-record a show Tuesday evening. It's my favorite time, right about 8 o'clock. We bring you into the studio it take about two hours of your time. The time I get you in and get you out, get you on your way. And we'll have the show ready to air on Sunday mornings here on 94.1 at 8 o'clock. And uh, like I say, whatever God is doing through you and uh, the ministry God has called you to do, that's an important work. And uh, this is your opportunity to tell the story. And I tell people all the time, I said, if we don't tell the story of what's happening in the church and the world of the church, then who's going to tell it? And I don't think we're going to lack the version that other folks tell. So it's better that you do it. So this is your invitation to be a guest on the show. If you're involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, let me get you here on the show. Let's talk about your passion for the things of God. I'm also a pastor myself. I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. Love people. Love the Lord. And uh, you come and worship with us. Bring the family. You'll enjoy our little church family. And uh, I'm a preacher of the word. I get into the word, and I think it'll be a blessing to you. 11.05 is our start time. You can find us frcm.us, 
and uh, we're basically just uh, right down the road from Easterwood Drive. If you're if you're heading down Capitol Circle toward Park Avenue, you cross over Easterwood, which is the road that goes into Tom Brown Park. There, you're not far. <laughs> Start looking for us on the right hand side of the road. We put a sign out there on Sunday mornings. We're in a storefront there. And uh, like I say, we'd love to see you. You can find this show on the podcast. 1066 is the number today. You can check it out, share it with a friend, listen to it again if you want to. And uh, I, I like to listen to the shows over again because I like to find out what all I said. <laughs> Sometimes what somebody else said. It often intrigues me that how to, the amount of content that we can find in an hour show like this. And so, and then don't forget, very, very important, every Saturday night, 7 o'clock, here on 94.1, it's the Saturday night gospel sing. And I play just the best music there ever was. That Southern gospel style for a full hour, we crank it up and have a great time. And uh, love to have you join us for that as well. 7 o'clock from 7 to 8 here on 94.1 every Saturday night. And then Monday through Friday, that's the day the broadcast. We bring the word of God to you at 11 o'clock here on 94.1. So that brings you all up to speed on all of that. Now, here I, I'm a person who observes the news. I'm not one to sit down and watch a news broadcast. I don't do a lot of that. I do listen to a lot of radio, and uh, that's how I absorb my news and uh, the events that are going around us. And as I have said, any time that uh, I'm taking things in, I'm thinking about it in the perspective how does this affect the church because that's my heart i'm a preacher of the gospel and i'm a believer in jesus christ uh, the heavenly father the holy spirit and uh, i've lived my life accordingly and i've raised my family accordingly believing that god created the heavens and the earth I believe that God is the, the, the heart of the world. I have, maybe I'm not saying this the way I would want to, but the very breath that we breathe is all controlled by God. That's, that's my perspective. That's the way I interpret Scripture. I believe that the Bible is God's holy word. And I believe it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it speaks on behalf of God, and it gives us insight into the very heart of God. So that's my perspective. And you say, well, Pastor King, maybe you're just a little, little jaded by all of that. Well, I don't deny that uh, I am very much shaped by what I read in Scripture and what I have heard in my lifetime, sermons and Sunday school and all of those things, they have, have influenced my life greatly. But I will say this. I've lived a good life. I've lived a very happy life. And uh, I have followed the principles that I find, especially in the teachings of Jesus Christ. And I've made this statement before. 
here on this radio broadcast and other places, that if you were to convince me beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is no God, and I'm telling you, you're not going to do that, but uh, if you did, I would still continue to follow the teachings and the principles that we find in the New Testament given to us by Jesus Christ because they are so sound and they are so profound that I believe that it leads to quality of life and uh, many, many blessings. Now, so now here we are once again we are in the process of choosing uh, a representative to sit on the highest court in all of the nation. A very important position. A position that will affect all of our lives and will affect the church. And as I've said, that's my perspective. How do these things, these current events, these things that we see in history, as is portrayed before our very eyes, how will these things affect the church? Well, I don't think that you have to be somebody who is super, super observative to, to realize that there are perspectives of truth that are not true <laughs> coming forth that's trying to shape the opinions of a society. And it seems to me like that all of this has become much more pronounced in the last several years. Literally trying to change the mindset of society. And the Bible says it this way, trying to turn a... Uh, lie into the truth, to make people believe a lie and to believe that a lie is truth. And the, the formula is simply this. You, you say it enough. In other words, when people tune into the news or any other type of, uh, of means of communication, they, they see these things that are continually repeated Heated. Things that would have been so contrary to anything that we would have believed even 10 years ago. And it's said over and over and over and over and over again. It is affecting how people view life and circumstances. And I think we'd all have to admit there are certain things that we would accept now that we would not have accepted just a few years ago because it's been bombarded and it's been given to us over and over and over again that it causes it to begin to erode into our senses to where it could cause us to to not hold, hold firm to things that we were taught even as uh, Christian believers from our coming up as children and in, in, into adulthood things that we thought were right, things that we thought were, were, were the way that the Bible would give it to us, it begins to bring doubt. And then acceptance 
to where we begin to accept things that would seem to be odd or abnormal. All of a sudden, they seem to be not so abnormal anymore. That's, that's what we're facing as a society. And then people who come into positions have a lot of influence in our lives because we're hearing them in the media. And, of course, when somebody is, is put on a court or in a position of power like that, then, then they have the ability to influence legislation that very much affects all of our lives. And, of course, because the church is made up of people, then it affects the church and the very essence and quality of the lives in which we live. So we have this body called the Supreme Court, and uh, it is made up of uh, associate justices and then the, uh, the, the, the big guy, <laughs> and, he, and he's the one that, that has the ability to sway the court. We call him the Chief Justice. And as we have, uh, well, let us say, not we, me, as I have observed this over the years, it seems to me like that those who would consider themselves to be to the to the uh, right, which in in political terms we have the right and the left, the right seemingly more conservative, and the left uh, of a liberal bent, and then many times. Uh, in recent history, beyond just saying liberal, but coming up with things that seem so far out from those who have just lived and observed life. So what I have observed is that when a, an appointee is appointed, when the, uh, the, the left is in power, these appointees, they never alter. They they follow that line, then you don't even have to worry about what they're going to say because you or what they're going to do because you know what they're going to do. And from the time that they're appointed, you know exactly what they're going to do, and they will not ever bend. But unfortunately, those who are appointed by those who are on the right, they seem to vacillate. Quite a bit, and as a result, a lot of times those of us who are who are watching this court and we're watching their decisions, and we're thinking, "Well, this is the way they'll go," and then then the, it comes down, and you go, "What? Where did that come from?" And then you start hearing the tally: who voted for what, and you go, "How did this happen? How is it that this individual who?" We thought we could uh, just rely that they would follow principles that we as a church would consider to be right, and then they don't. And it's very disappointing. So now, well, let's, let's go back just a little bit. Recently, in the recent history, under the Trump administration, we appointed three. And, uh, well, we thought, wow, we, you know, this kind of tilts the court and I remember 
the last time that, that, that I had the opportunity to talk to you about these things, when, uh, and basically that's when I don't have a guest in the studio that I take these opportunities to just talk about things that, that affect the church. And I was talking about the Supreme Court uh, nominations. And of course, Amy Coney Barrett was the one that was about to be appointed at that time. And I said here on this broadcast, I said that she will have a part in this upcoming election. That's how far back it was that we did this show about this. And I, I said at that time, she will have a part in this upcoming election because we knew that the election was going to be close and we knew it was going to be very controversial. And it was. And then, of course, there were... Uh, Things that are coming before the court constantly. You remember all of these uh, uh, things, there's a lot of activity going on. Trying to defeat the election, there were, there were uh, uh, thoughts that there was uh, improprieties in different parts of the country and different ones were trying to, to say, hey, we need to examine these things. We need to just take the time to see if there's anything to these things. And of course, uh, Miss Barrett, she was new, and we thought that she would go along with what was being brought, but she did not, and neither did uh, Judge Kavanaugh, and it just said, well, okay, what have we done here? <laughs> now, I'm not saying that all is lost. I'm just saying that, that just because on the right, we appoint uh, nominees who we think would be conservative. It doesn't always go that way. And then we've had some who, after a while, you couldn't even tell that they were they were on the right at all. <laughs> and then uh, uh, that's just, to me, that's just an interesting thing as we watch and observe these things. So we're at the point now to where uh, there's a new nominee. We'll get into that in just a moment. And, uh, of course, uh, we look at her credentials and uh, things. And one of the things that, that really bothers me in all of this is when it comes down to, well, we want to appoint this person because of their race or their gender. You know, when is it that we get beyond all of that? I mean, I know you say, well, you, you, Pastor King, you have to look back at the past and you have to see all the stuff that happened then and there. But I thought we'd been through all of this. I mean, should we not just say, hey, who is the best qualified person that we can find to be able to help do these judgments that are so important to, to everybody, to all of society and, and, and to the church as well? Can we just get beyond that and just look for the best qualified person? Don't worry about what the race is or color or, or any of these things. Just look at the record and say, hey, who, who is best qualified? But it seems like we keep coming back to this. Well, look at this. Look at this. This is the first of this and that. And I'm saying, somewhere along the line, we've got to get beyond all of that to where we just say, let's find the most qualified person to be able to fulfill this role that is so important 
and so affects all of our lives and our children, our grandchildren, I mean, down the road, especially with the Supreme Court nominee because they, they, they'll sit on this court for a lifetime. And sometimes that's a long time, and a lot of history goes by during their tenure. So that's why it's so important. This is the uh, Gospel on the Radio talk show. Pastor Jack King right here, and uh, just happy to be with you, and uh, hope that you are on your way to church this morning. And, of course, if you don't have a church that you normally attend, you need to be in church I'm telling you, a lot of people, this concerns me greatly, a lot of people have stopped because of the whole COVID thing. They stopped going. Now they're just not going. And I'm going, I can't believe this. People that I've known and would have never thought that they would be somebody who would stop going to church. But I'm just telling you, you need to get back in. If you don't want to go back to the church you used to attend, Come visit with us at Freedom Road, 720 Capital Circle Northeast, 1105. We start this morning. You've got plenty of time to get there. And while you're getting ready to go, I thought you might enjoy that <laughs> because it says that even when the times are bad, God is still good and he's still on the throne. He's still in control and we can trust him. And I think that's a great word for all of us, those of us who believe in God and believe that God's hand is upon all things. We can trust him. So I appreciate Gold City for singing that for us and giving us a little hope as we go through the broadcast this morning. I hope that you are happy. I hope that you are feeling good. I hope that you're excited about the things of God. And I hope that all is well in your life and in your family. And uh, if not, then uh, I'm just praying that God would just intervene in your behalf and bring joy to your soul. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, there's only one way to really to have that joy, and that's just through prayer and just being in the presence of God. And he'll help you. I'm just telling you, he will help you through the trials and the tribulations of life if you'll trust him. So I'm encouraging you, be a person who believes the word of God, reads the word of God, and has prayer as a part of your daily life. And just walk with him and trust him. Now, the Supreme Court of the United States of America Eight associate justices and one uh, uh, chief justice. And of course, the chief justice now is John Roberts. And, uh, well, I remember when he was appointed by President Bush, and uh, he was selected. I mean, he, he was, there was a, a I think, a, was it Alito or one of them, was being considered, and then he was appointed to the court but then he chose Roberts to be the chief justice. And, uh, he, of course, Roberts had been involved in the, in the regular administration. And, um, well, of course, you know, all of these uh, people have experience. I mean, they, they're not just novices. They've been involved in, in courts. That's how they get to where they are. 
But in 211 years, there have been 17 chief justices and a total of 112 justices have served on the Supreme Court. When a vacancy occurs, then the President of the United States is given the authority under Article 2 of the United States Constitution to nominate a person to fill that vacancy. And, of course, that's the process that we're involved in and engaged in now as we go forth here in the United States of America to fill uh, the role of a justice who's stepping down. And it's something that you need to know about this. You, you hear the word uh, retired or resign. Well, it's very important uh, that we distinguish between the two because when a justice says he's retiring, then he still has certain roles that he can fill. He still has access to the, the, uh, the building, and uh, he still has offices there and can still be involved in some lower uh, court cases. So he doesn't totally lose his power, whereas if he resigns, then that's a whole different uh, uh, process in itself. The thing is, is the Supreme Court plays a very powerful role in all of our lives and uh, it has a lot to do with our legal rights, and uh, and many times the Supreme Court has completely altered the fabric of life in America and the course of the nation, and through the years, they've made some really bad, bad decisions that have indeed affected so many things, and uh one of the things that always uh, speaks to me is that as God, and again, I'm, I'm talking to you from the perspective of the church, myself as a clergy, as a, as a man of God, an ordained minister, I'm always concerned about it. As God looks down from heaven, what does he see? And how does he view this? And, of course, to me, one of the most heinous decisions that the United States Supreme Court ever made was when it legalized this horrible thing called abortion and how that we now as a nation through all of these years have slaughtered. Is that too hard of a term? Is that, is that being too harsh? Slaughtered. Innocent children. You see, <laughs> to me, as I see this, I equate it to the Amorites who pass their children through the fire. You say, well, what does that mean? They sacrificed the babies. And when uh, God took Abraham up on the mountain, and he showed him all the land before him. He says, Abraham, your descendants someday are going to cover this land, but not now. Because he said, the cup of the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. But there will come a time when God will spew them out of the land. Why? Because of their 
passing the children through the fire. In other words, they were sacrificing, killing babies. And that's how God sees it. And so when I see these things that's happening, decisions that are made, people who are appointed to these courts, I say, well, how does God see this thing? How does God see us as a nation? And how is this going to affect the blessings of God and the hand of God upon us as a people? Well, you see, I believe that the people that we appoint and elect as as our leaders, these people have tremendous influence, uh, not only in their ability to pass legislation and influence legislation, but just in the lives in which they live because they, they're, they're so visible and uh, they influence so many things that affect society and affects how people live and how people view things. When we have a president who stands up before the world and says, well, America is no longer a Christian nation. Well, that resonates all across the world. America is no longer a Christian nation. You see, when I hear words like that, it greatly affects me. And uh, it affects me, and it affects uh, how I view things. Not that I, well, I mean, there's no doubt that there's been a decline over the years in the influence of the Christian church and our ability to affect the lives of people. But when we have a president who stands up and makes that type of declaration, I think it hurts, and it does not help. I I believe it hurts. So the um, new nominees are uh, nominated by the president, and then it goes before the uh, Senate Judicial Committee, and then, of course, there's all kinds of discussion, and uh, um, there's hearings, and this is the process we've just been through. And then, the, uh, the taken to the full Senate, there are 100 senators, two from each state, and they begin to uh, uh, deliberate. And, of course, there's a lot of speeches made and grandizing going on, and uh, well, and then the vote is taken. And I believe that this one is going to be somewhat controversial, but not as controversial as I think it should be. And uh, I think there will be people crossing the aisle on both sides and um, as it goes. So anyway, uh, we have, as I said, eight associate justices. And uh, they are... Well, let's just say there's some uh, <laughs> some age factors here. Uh, let's begin with Clarence Thomas. October 23rd, 1991, he took office. He was nominated by H.W. Uh, uh, Bush. He's 73 years of age. Stephen Breyer, appointed in 1994 uh, by Bill Clinton, 83 years of age. Samuel Alito, uh, appointed by George W. Bush. He is 71 years of age. Sonia Sotomayor, 
appointed by President Obama, age 67. Elena Kagan, um, appointed by uh, Kagan, I'm sorry, Elena Kagan, appointed by Obama, she's 61 years of age. Neil Gorsuch, uh, appointed by President Trump, he's 54. Brett Kavanaugh, uh, October 6, 2018. Gorsuch was 2017. Uh, both of these were appointed by President Trump in uh, 57 years of age. And then the last one before this appointee that will be, and yes, I do believe she will be confirmed, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, October 27th, 2020, and she is 50 years of age. So we've got some age on some of these. Uh, of course, uh, the oldest being uh, Justice Breyer at 83 years of age. And so, uh, as we can imagine, uh, some of these will be leaving. Of course, uh, Stephen Breyer is stepping down uh, so that this new nominee can be coming in. And we'll get to her in just a moment. But it kind of gives you a picture of where we are. Now, some of these are fairly young in, in general terms. The uh, 70, see, 71. And, of course, Thomas is 73. Of course, <laughs> the thing is, is, the older I get, uh, the younger these days, you see somebody say, well, they're 61. I say, that sounds young to me now uh, because it's just all in perspective. I remember a time in my life when I thought 40 was old. Now I look back and I go, man, they're just kids <laughs> back, back in those days. Anyway, we'll get back to some of this in just a few moments, but it's time for a little bit more. Well, just uh, another song to bring you some hope. His grace is sufficient, it, and it is, it is. His grace will sustain us, and his grace will help us as we go along, and we'll find comfort in that, even though sometimes the things that we see in life has a tendency to disturb us somewhat. And, uh, and of course, if you are a person who is being paying attention to uh, what's happening in the appointment of the new Supreme Court nominee, then you have heard some things that you thought, well, I've, I've never heard anything like that. <laughs> and, uh, well, these are strange times in which we're living in, and we're being challenged. As a church, we're being challenged. And uh, it's time when uh, the church needs to take its stand, and it needs to be aware of what a stand is. So we have the new nominee, and I don't mean to, if I, didn't, if I don't pronounce her name just exactly right, I apologize in advance because it's not meant as disrespect, but Kitanji Brown Jackson, she's 51 years of age, and she has quite a pedigree of uh, coming up, I mean, as her uh, background, she's had a lot of experience in uh uh, in, in a lot of ways, as far as being a person who served in the role, she's qualified. But I think that uh, she's found herself in a position to where she has to go along with, quote, the crowd. And, of course, we're, we're experiencing some very bizarre 
things uh, <laughs> in our uh, society. Uh, we just have uh, uh, experienced and observed a, a man winning the uh, uh, NCAA swimming competition in the role of a woman. And uh, he says, well, I'm a woman, so because I say I'm a woman, I am a woman. And, of course, uh, the women who have worked hard to obtain these positions is now put on the back burner because this man has taken his position because somehow or another society is saying, well, this is normal. And, and uh, those of us who live for a while are going, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. And, and I have to be honest with you. I have never up until this week have ever called a senator or a congressman or never have. But I did this time. I called both of our senators here in the state of Florida. And I just said, look, this, this, I feel like I'm in an episode of the Twilight Zone. Never heard anything like this. And I can't believe that this is actually before us. And so the question was asked of the nominee, uh, can you tell me, or give me a definition of a woman? What is a woman? And, uh, of course, uh, being political, as it was being made to be, the nominee uh, hedged it and then said, no, I can't, I can't give you a definition of what a woman is. Well, wh why would she do that? Well, she did that because of political pressure that's upon her because she wants to get this nomination. Now, I don't know whether she really believes that or not, but this is what she said, and I believe she said it because of political pressure because she knew that the only way she's going to get this nomination is to say what, let's just say it, people on the left want to be said. And I'm going to myself, I said, what? is the motivation behind this. And <laughs> I remember uh, Rush Limbaugh used to say, use the expression to follow the trail of the money. Follow the trail of the money. Somewhere, some way, you look far enough and you'll find this has to do with uh, influence that's bought. And that's just my opinion, and I have a right to my opinion, and I share it with you here on the radio because I'm not ashamed of my opinion. Now, I know a woman that I respect very highly. Uh, I respect her opinion. I have seen her life. I know the life that she lives. I know her faith. I know how that she is daily in the scriptures and that she prays and she prays for her family and she believes in God and she just happens to be my wife. And uh, uh, I asked her, I said, do you know the definition of a woman? And she didn't hesitate a second. And this is what she said. A woman is a created being with a biological, psychological, and emotional makeup to create life, to grow, live, and nourish that life. 
And that is coming from the words of a mother and grandmother who loves her babies. <laughs> and if there's a woman that knows about giving birth and about life and children, it's, it's my wife. She loves them grandbabies and she loves her children. But I believe that's a great definition of what a woman is. And like I say, she did not hesitate a moment to give me that definition. So why is it that the Supreme Court nominee could not say this? What, what, would, what would prompt this person to make such a statement? No, I can't, I can't define what a woman is. <laughs> like I told you, follow the trail of the money because somewhere in the midst of that you'll find that's right he does he makes all things good and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her into the man and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And then if you go just a little bit further on in the book of Genesis, this is what I'm reading from Genesis chapter three. And uh, it said, uh, let me look for what I'm looking for here. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And if I'd have been asked that question, that's what I would have said. She is the mother of all living because from the mother comes this beautiful thing called life and uh <laughs> You see, I'm not confused. Some people are confused, but I'm not. And uh, Scripture tells me that God is not the author of confusion. So if God is not the author of confusion, then who is the author of confusion? If you read the book of Genesis, you'll find him. He was lurking. There in the midst of the garden. Yeah, yeah. So we know who the uh, author of the confusion is. Now, something that's happening here in the state of Florida, and sometimes it's just so much fun to live in the state of Florida because there, it seems to me like the things that happen that affect the whole country just happens right here in Florida and many times right here in Tallahassee. <laughs> it's just amazing. And our governor, now I'm going to tell you, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm a big fan of Governor Ron DeSantis. I, I just thank God that God has risen or brought him into a position of authority at this time. And uh, he he's bold and he'll take a stand. And he asks, we're talking about 
wanting to teach tiny little children that, well, we don't really know whether you're a boy or a girl. You're talking about confusion? That's confusion. And our governor said, no, no, we're not going to have that here in the state of Florida. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm unknown. Nobody knows who I am much. I mean, people who listen to me on the radio, maybe a very few, but uh, I'm just one person. But I'm applauding, Governor. Thank you for your stand. And I just thank God for you. And uh, I'm just believing that God's got many, many good things in store for you, my brother. (laughs) That's just that's just coming from me. Matter of fact, I wanted to be the one who come up with the, bur- the first bumper sticker that says DeSantis for president. And uh, because I believe that uh, that's where he's destined. Maybe not this time. I don't know. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying that he's a man who is bold and he don't have a problem taking a stand. And if there ever was a time in our history when we need People who are in positions of authority to take a stand, it's now. And it's, ta- and it's time for, for us pastors and preachers to take a stand, and that's what I'm doing here today on this radio program. I'm taking a stand, and I'm saying, no, I believe the Word of God. I believe what God's Word tells us. And uh, a woman is a, well, she's a mother of all living as we read in scripture. And as I said, this is what my wife's definition is. A woman is a created being with a biological, psychological, emotional makeup to create life, to grow, live, and nourish that life. And uh, I thank God for that definition. And I thank God. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity today is to share truth here on this broadcast. And Father God, I do pray over our our churches, Father, for our pastors. Father, I pray the truth would ring across this land. Father, I pray for each and every one who's listened to this broadcast today. I pray for them and their families. That God, that you would watch over and protect them. Father God, that we would grow in your grace and in your love and in knowledge of who you are. Father God, we pray for the United States of America. Father God, we pray for peace around the world in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. Father, these things we do pray in Jesus' name. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.